0: Happy Mother's Day, Vision family. We asked Dana Shweedall, who is the executive director of Loving Choices, to sit down with us and to discuss the topic of life and choices that we make in life. And so uh, we we discussed hard topic and we talked about life and we talked about abortion. We talked about love and acceptance and forgiveness and there's so much it's such a broad subject that needs to be discussed and needs to be listened to and needs it just gave us tools to, for our tool belt and so we know that if you weren't personally affected by abortion someone in your life is connected somehow and so we know that God always forgives but we as his children need to learn how to love and and forgive. And so we are so glad that you joined us for this podcast. Listen and take notes, and we know that it is life-changing. Glad you're here.
1: So, So we've got something very special planned for you today. And so I want to invite to the platform a special guest that we've asked to, to join us this morning, and her name is Dana Schweedall. Dana, come on, give her a hand. We're excited. She is with us. <laughs> there you go. Right. Hello. <laughs> hey. Hey, and so we want to talk um, today a little bit about a topic that's kind of taboo for churches, really. Um, and the reason I say that is, you know, many churches have shied away from this. They've, they have, um, you know, avoided maybe talking about it for whatever reason. Um, and what I've discovered in any area of life is when we avoid talking about things, then we no longer have a voice into that thing. And as, as Christians pull out of things, the bad news is, is that there's no Christians in that anymore. And then what's been happening, though, is been, there's been a fire that's been lit, and Christians have now been getting back involved in areas that we needed to be in all along. Uh, for instance, years ago, the public school was never public school. All the, it was the churches that ran the schools. They handed it over to government and said, if you guys ever go in a different direction, we're going to step back in. What happened is they progressively, slowly <laughs> went in a new direction, and Christians never stepped back in. And now we have what we have. So anyway, and so, I, so I've invited Dana because Dana is the executive director for a place called Loving Choices. Loving Choices is a pregnancy resource center. And it's an amazing place because it helps young girls make decisions. And they're decisions at time of crisis, time of need. Um, you know, they're usually pregnant when they've come in. And so I'm going to ask her some questions, but I wanted to make a couple of statements before we start um, asking you the difficult questions, the hard questions, uh, which I'm excited to talk about. Well,
0: I, I just wanted to say, too, it's not just the girls that we help um, make decisions. It's also the guys. Yeah. Because um, need, I might need to explain a little bit more, but it takes a guy and a girl <laughs> to, you know, to bring, a, bring forth life. But you know what? God's the ultimate creator. We just work with his plans. He works with us and which brings forth life. And so, so it's, it's not just a girl issue, a woman issue. This is, this should hit everybody in the room. And why do we talk about it? Because we want people to be totally free, Yeah. totally free and healed. And unless you, and if you hide it, it's just going to fester. But if you reveal something, it can be healed. So that's why we're talking about this today, and it's going to be a wide, a wide variety. But, um, but you may be thinking, well, this doesn't, appeal, uh, uh, this doesn't uh, pertain to me. There's somebody in your life that it does. So, yes, it does pertain to you because God's about people reaching people. So allow yourself to be healed today today. brought brought to freedom, and then also to bring healing and and freedom to someone else through the information that you learned today.
1: Yeah. So when Roe v. Wade was passed uh, all those years ago, then it legalized abortion. But abortion is still a choice, um, you know, it's a choice that you can make or it's a choice that you can choose to do something else. And so in the culture that we live in, uh, because I thought, what what better subject to talk about during Mother's Day but pregnancy? And because we all are so thankful for our moms because we wouldn't be here without mama, <laughs> right? None of us would be around if it wasn't for moms. And But I'm seeing in our culture today, and, and you've seen it, you know, phrases that, that were not common, as common as they are now, you know, are very common now. It's like, it's like they've become not a rule or a law, but just, you know, uh, a part of culture. One is that this idea that when a girl gets pregnant, they call the fetus, um, some, some people that are for abortion would refer to it as a, as a tissue, as a, you know, something other than a human life in there it 's a blob it 's you know whatever whatever they call it, and I was just thinking about this this morning that humans only are able to reproduce humans i mean we can't we can 't get pregnant with a an apple or I mean a vegetable or a fruit or a or an animal. we only have the capability and the capacity to Reproduce a baby.
0: Well, that's God's design. Re- reproduce in, in, in like kind. Right. So male and female. So even though There's only two.
1: even though the word fetus is a you know it's a medical term it's a, it's a it's not a bad term um, it just simply means young developing you know something that's developing um, but to me that seems like that would in that argument if if all we can produce is a human that's all that can be in there. <laughs> You know, but anyway, and so anyway, so I want to read a couple of scriptures to, to bring merit to that. One is in James chapter one, verse five. It says, I knew you before I formed you in your mother's womb. Before you were born, I set you apart and I appointed you as a prophet to the nations. This is God talking to Jeremiah, but you can, you can envision God speaking directly to you in the same way.
0: So that just said your appointment was before you were formed in your mother's womb. Yeah. That means every child has an appointment. Every person has a. That means that when we connect with God, he reveals that to us. Look at how many people are out there. They don't have purpose in their life. They have no clue what they're going to be doing uh, tomorrow or in the future. They don't know their appointment. They don't know who they are in Christ. Yeah. And so you as a mature believer, or maybe a baby in Christ. Maybe, maybe this is your first time, and you're like, what is all this about? We're all on a different path on the journey to, to, to God. We all need God, and there's one God, and there's one way to Him, and that's through His Son, Jesus. So foundational teaching right there, that's what we're talking about. You gotta say yes to Jesus, and then you learn God's ways. He's got a manual. He's got his way of doing things. We can't do life our way and then expect God's results. Right. Can you go to college that way? Shay, can you graduate from college by going on your terms? No, you had to go to class. You had to do the work. Can you keep your job on your terms? I don't feel like going to work today. Well, I'm going to go in late, leave early. Will you have a job? Well, no, if you do things their way... There's benefits there. You get the paycheck, you get the 401k, whatever. You get the diploma. Do you see where I'm going here? So there's benefits Good. to doing it their way. There's benefits to doing things God's way. So you just simply tap into what He says for you to do, and where it, it's not that difficult. It's not. It's very very simple. It isn't always easy, but it's very simple.
1: Yeah. Sorry. Yeah, it is. And then Ecclesiastes 11 verse 5, it says, just as you cannot understand the path of the wind or the mystery of a tiny baby growing in its mother's womb, so you cannot understand the activity of God who does all things. So, you know, if we found a human fertilized egg or an embryo on Mars, no one would argue that that's not only life, that's human life. So, I mean, how do you feel about that?
2: (laughs) I 100% agree. So, um, yeah.
1: I got you. Okay. So I'm going to read one more scripture and then we're going to get to the questions. Because I just wanted to encourage you guys. This is something that, this is what David said in Psalm 139 verse 16. He said, you saw me before I was born. Every day of my life was recorded in your book. Every moment was laid out before a single day had passed. And then in verse 13, he said, you made all the delicate inner parts of my body and you knit me together in my mother's womb. And so, you know, one of the things I say, because both Nicole and I work with Dana at Loving Choices and we're happy to do it. I counsel men. Nicole counsels women. And one thing I said the other week, somebody was asking me about some curriculum that I was using for the men. Because one of the things I love about Loving Choices is um, 're were privately funded, not, not a state funded or federally funded. And so that means Jesus is ever bit a part of the curriculum that we bring, because how many of you know, we need a spiritual answer to national, nat, natural issues. We don't need a natural, uh, you know, answer. And so I believe God's going to give, going to give us some, some answers this morning. So tell us a little bit about loving choices, who we are, what we do. Okay. Lay it
0: on
2: us. (laughs) Is anybody in here not familiar with Loving Choices? Raise your hand. I've just got to see. Oh, there are a few. Okay. Okay. Loving Choices is a pregnancy resource center. We're faith-based and we help girls to choose life. They come into us usually in crisis. Most of them that walk in our doors are not wanting to be pregnant or they're not in a good position to be pregnant. So we're going to help them through many resources. What we don't do is just pat them on the back, tell them, you got this, go ahead, good job. Tell them they're pregnant and send them on their way. We're going to walk the walk with them. We're going to stay with them through nine months of pregnancy and then nine months after baby's born. We're going to bring the girl and the guy in to meet with counselors like them. And they're going to earn mommy bucks to spend in the store to buy diapers and wipes and toiletries and clothes and cribs, whatever they need for baby that we're gonna provide for them along with lessons on how to be good parents. Some of them don't have parents in their lives and have no idea where even to start or they may be really young. We've had them as young as 12 and 13 years old. So we're teaching them how to be parents and to rise up and succeed and we get to do Bible studies with them. Like I said, we don't take any government funding so they don't get to say what we do. So we get to do Bible studies with them and just do life with them. So have tons of resources to help them out. So do you receive donations? Everything we have is on donations. Um, We survive completely on donations. So um, all the diapers and wipes and toiletries, we take gently used items. Uh, Anything a baby can use, we can use in the center to give to these girls.
1: So another... Let's talk for a moment about some of the reasons that girls come in, you know, and, and maybe they might be seeking an abortion. Uh, And one of the, one of the reasons I've heard frequently is that um, I can't, uh, you know, I can't, I can't manage this right now. Uh, We can't afford this. This is uh, not the best time for us. And, and tell us, you know, how you address situations like that and what, what we do typically.
2: The first thing we're gonna do is we're just gonna love on that girl and make her feel comfortable. She's gonna go in and meet with a mentor. And we're going to, through a few series of questions and just talking with her, find out why she thinks that abortion is the only option she can choose. Unfortunately, some of them choose it because they don't feel like they have they sit on the pew in a church. Four out of 10 girls are sitting on a pew in a church, Mm. but they don't feel like their church will support them. It's taboo, they're being judged, and they don't feel like their arms are wrapped around them. I think the saddest comment I ever heard working um, at Loving Choices was when a girl told me, Planned Parenthood was just nicer to me than my church was. Mm. And I think that's sad. Um, And how many pastors
0: that you've talked to say, oh, we don't have that that going on in our church?
2: Surprising amount of people that'll say that they don't have that in their church. And I'm like, "Mm." they just don't have anyone to talk to in your church. Mm. Um, I've had girls that have been asked to leave youth groups. I've had girls that have been asked to leave churches because it doesn't look good for the church. And my goal is to help the church embrace these girls because you know what? Sin is sin, no matter how you look at it. But that baby is a blessing, and she needs to feel like that baby's a blessing. And she needs to feel embraced by a church. Maybe her motherhood doesn't look like your motherhood. Maybe there is a dad involved. Maybe there's not a dad involved. But she needs to be embraced and loved and feel like the church is a safe place for her to come. Yeah. A lo- another one is just financially they can't afford it. And so that's the reason we have our... our care group where they come in and we meet with them because they're going to earn everything they need for that baby. Not only that, there are so many resources out there. Northwest Arkansas is amazing with resources and people just don't know about them. For instance, a girl that's a single mom can get a single parent scholarship. And we let these girls know, you can still go to school, you can still go to college, you can still do everything you've ever dreamed. It's going to look different, but you can still dream and you can, re- and you can still reach all these dreams. A lot of it is they just don't have anybody in their life, so we're going to be the support system. Many of them, especially the younger ones, are literally, do not want to tell their parents because they don't want to disappoint their parents. Right. And they're going to abort, which you can do without parental, position, uh, parental uh, permission. Permission. permission, thank you, lost my word. You can go in and get a, a paper signed and you don't, parents don't have to know. They don't want their parents to know. For those who don't know my story, I have a daughter at 18 that decided that she didn't like the rules. She was going to do things her own way. And she came back with, we call a souvenir. She got pregnant. And so I am that mom that had to be, and I worked at loving choices and I'm not going to lie. I cried. I had to grieve because it wasn't what I wanted for her, but I have embraced her and I've learned to embrace girls that come in. Anytime someone comes in and they're scared to tear their mom like, Oh, just a minute. We're going to go get Dana. And they come and get me, and I tell them, I am that mom. It's okay. <laughs> Let your parents grieve. Let them feel what they have to feel. But I promise you, and they hold their, their grand, it's your grandbaby. When you hold that grandbaby in your hand, there was nothing like it.
1: Yeah. Our great
0: niece is awesome. Yes. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> well, years ago, we've all heard. It's in the
1: conversation, Tom. Okay.
0: <laughs> Brother, sister here. <laughs> um, we've all heard the term, you know, we're the fathers. There's this, this is a fatherless generation, and that was five, six years generations ago, basically. Well, I was at, we were in Sacramento a couple of years ago and, um, a lady handed me a prayer that she had prayed for the national day of prayer, um, on the steps of the Capitol. And in that it talked about that the mothers were now a motherless generation, that these girls have not been mothered. Uh, they don't know how to be a mother, and so when she talks about mentors and, and, and embracing these girls, that is so important for this church body. See, we're creating culture. We're not canceling it. It's happening. We're creating the culture within our church, and it, it should go out. It should, it should just pour out of here. When you go, you take it with you, but embrace these girls and the guys because there's so many guys that are affected by this too. They wanted to save that to keep the baby, but, but she didn't, or she wanted to keep the baby and he talked her out of it or paid for it. And then now has regrets. So I know that you're probably going to get down there. What do you do? Am I too early on this? What do you do when a girl, I heard a story the other day that um, it was three and four parties. It was a different state, but, it was that it was even by the story was given by a nurse that was in the room and the girl was having an abortion and she turned to the nurse and she said do you think god will ever forgive me for this and i told the nurse i said the question is will she forgive herself for doing this we know if you know god the way i know god he forgives he's a loving god was that his plan? No, that was not his perfect plan. Yeah. But his people do things and we scar ourselves. The enemy doesn't have really have much to do because we're doing it to ourselves. We have to learn to receive the love and the forgiveness of God. But how do, how, what? let's say somebody did that. There's people here yep.
2: among us. That's, that's another thing that we do at Loving Choices. Um, lost motherhood, is a real pain. And for these girls, especially here we are at mother's day and they chose to not be a mother to their child. You know, they've heard it's tissue and they've heard all this stuff, but in their hearts, they know that was their child and they feel that pain. So we have post abortion counseling and it's done in private. It's done in the evenings and it's done with women who have survived healing during, because they've had an abortion. I, I have a lot of churches that don't want me to speak about this topic because they said there's people in the church that are hurting. You're gonna make them feel judged. You're gonna make them feel sad. You're gonna make them feel hurt. That they, That's not our, uh, that's not our choice here. I wanna see women get healed no matter what the case is. Yeah. And so that's why we have these classes. So if you or anybody you know of has ever had a past abortion or has suffered from it, please contact Loving Choices and let's get you hooked up. There is healing from it. For some reason, they think that's one sin that can't be forgiven, but it, it can. And so we want to h- help people get healed from that also.
1: So let's say they've, they've gone to an abortion clinic and if it's early enough, they give them a, you know, what, do, what do they give them? And then what, how can we help them? You know, cause I know we've had this happen, uh, many times, but recently, um, you know, and it got pretty late in the game. Maybe talk a little bit about this that. This is
2: my favorite stories. <laughs> um, <laughs> For anybody that doesn't know, if you're 10 weeks or less pregnant, they can go to um, Planned Parenthood and they can get a pill. They take a pill there in the office and that's gonna stop progesterone from getting to the baby so it doesn't get blood and oxygen. Within 24 hours, they'll go home and 24 hours later, they'll take a pill at home. If they have regret, if they feel like they made a mistake, they contact us and we can give them the, people don't know about this, but there is an abortion pill reversal. We have actually saved three babies from an abortion pill reversal. (laughs) So it's probably my favorite thing because I said, I feel like I am going to the gates of hell and snatching back right out of Satan's hand, what he's trying to steal from that woman. Mm. And so, um, I think outside of my own kids and grandkids, I went to the hospital and held that baby was my favorite thing I've ever done because she got to, she's hopefully going to share her story, but she had rushed in, made a Terrible decision and didn't know there was an option to change. And she looked us up and on our website, it talks about it. She came in, we fluttered her body back with progesterone and to watch that baby's heartbeat still go 24 hours later, 48 hours later. It was amazing.
1: Hmm. What, what about this? I wanted to bring this up, um, in a situation of rape or incest, how, how do you guys normally address those issues?
2: That's probably the number one issue that government tries to say that they should have a right, um. I can tell you that I just had a girl that came to us two weeks ago who was violently raped and she was heartbroken um, and we ministered to her. We got to meet with her, but she said, and I'm quoting from her, it is not this baby's fault. I will keep this baby. So if that's someone who has walked the walk that the government tries to say, oh, they should be allowed to in the case of rape and incest. But she said, I'm not punishing my baby for what that man did to me.
1: That's so good. She
2: said, and that just gives me something else I have to get over. She said, so I don't want to do it. Yeah. And we've got a,
0: a whole family here in, in, in our church that, that will pray at the minute a, a, a text goes out. Hey, pray. We've got a, we've got a, a girl right now that needs, the, that needs prayer. And you don't, you don't even have to have the, the details because yeah. God knows what's going on. So thank you. Uh, as a church body, yeah. that you're, that you're quick to pray and, and believe the best about the situation. Yeah. And cause it takes us all, it takes us praying. And, and then, you know, like, like she said, this girl's got to deal with the memory of what happened, but yet God can heal. God mm-hmm. can heal with no scar tissue.
1: I read this last night just thinking about that in Ezekiel 18.20. It says, the person who sins is the one who will die. The child will not be punished for the parent's sin. And the parent will not be punished for the child's sin. So so you talked about um, abortion reversal. What are some of the key things that we as a church can do? You know, people come in and, and they've been, you know to to ignore it or just to act like it's not going on in the church is is not true but you know how can we how can we as a church family better love people and and understand be understanding and be compassionate uh, but also what can we do to to be involved
2: there's lots of things you can do but
1: want me to add another
2: <laughs> one? Uh-huh. how much time have i got no <laughs> um first off All of us, being that we work at Loving Choices, we invite the girls to come here. So if we have a single mom coming in here, I just pray that y'all can embrace her and love her and make her feel accepted and wanted here. Because these girls come from, you know... Some of them don't have, obviously, they don't have, a lot of them don't have church families. A lot of them don't have family, period. They don't have moms to embrace them. They don't have someone to teach them. So we can only do so much for them. I only meet with them once a week. I have them for an hour. Then after nine months, they're released from our, pro, after babies nine months, they're released from our program. I need them to have a home church where they feel loved on and accepted. There's a lot of programs that I can even get our church hooked up in if someone feels led to lead it. It's called Embrace Grace. That's where you're going to accept a girl in. You're going to do Bible studies with her. You're going to mentor her. You're going to have a princess day with this girl where she's going to be dressed up like a princess. We're going to feed her a meal. She's going to have graduate from this classes that she's going to take. We're going to give her a baby shower as a church family. And so if you're interested in being in charge of something like that, I would love to send girls here for the Embrace Grace program. Other things, obviously donations. I know we did baby bottles recently. Um, That helps us out. Any kind of donations, I take checks, cash, visa, whatever you got, I'll take (laughs) it. But not only that, any talent that you have. I have women that they're like, I can't come to the center and counsel, which we do have counselors. We train you there to counsel if you're interested in counseling. But they also, they come in and they can make blankets or they make baby hats. I have women who love to cook. They make meals. Some of these girls come home from the hospital. I remember... When I came home after having my kids, my church family embraced me and I had meals brought to my house for a week every day. It was so nice. Well, these girls don't have that. So we bring frozen meals to them and give them to them. So I have women that make meals. We freeze them in our freezer. We give them to them. We have people that bring snacks by. We have people that come. I have a lady coming this week, just wants to plant flowers in Fayetteville Center. She's like, you need flowers. Can I plant yes, away? Do. We do. <laughs> so honestly, if you have a talent, I can probably put it to use. That's good. That's
1: yeah. good. Yeah. Well, I want to read a couple of scriptures about that. One is in Isaiah 1, verse 17. It says, learn to do good, seek justice, correct oppression, bring justice to the fatherless, and plead the widow's cause. And, and that stood out to me, bring justice to the fatherless. Another translation says, defend the orphan. When someone makes that decision to abort a child, that child then becomes an orphan. Um, Let's talk a moment because we've had this happen. It's happened to me several times um, where, you know, fortunately, the father will come in with the mother. uh, And that's a blessing because, I mean, first of all, it says the father cares enough to show up, um, you know. And so, you know, they verify it's, you know, yes, she's pregnant or whatever. But I've had it happen where, Low, yeah, like there's an option. She's pregnant, <laughs> sorry. But the the father, uh, you know, I'll be talking with him upstairs and and inevitably he'll say, well, I, I say, well, you know, how do you, how do you feel about the pregnancy? Are you excited? And I, I always tell the guys congratulations right out of the gate, you know, if they, if they think they're pregnant because I want them to feel good that mm-hmm. s- something good is going to come out of yeah. this choice that I made. And anyway, and so... So as I'm talking to him, the guy says, well, you know, she knows how I feel. Because I'll ask him, how how does, you know, have you told her, have you guys talked about your decision? Uh, Because oftentimes we don't know what she's thinking. And we don't know what he's thinking until we talk to him. And so I've had... You
0: mean you can't read my mind?
1: Oh, no, you can read mine, For the but record. I can't read
0: yours. <laughs> Ladies, communicate.
1: <laughs> and so anyway, so, so, this, so this one guy in particular told me, he said, I, well, she knows how I feel. I said, well, you know, I've been married 28 years, and I, I still have to tell my wife how I feel, you know. And so I, I took him downstairs and said, hey, you know, tell her what you were telling me. And she thought he wanted her to get an abortion, but once they talked, they, they realized... Oh, you want a parent? I want a parent? Because many times the girl wants to feel that the husband's going to, or the father's going to support, be there, and be a part. and, And, you know, do you want to talk about that?
2: The guys in the society today are told it's a woman's body and it's a woman's choice. Exactly. So they think by saying that to these women that they're being supportive. But to a woman who's in a crisis pregnancy, that speaks anything but support to her. So when they tell them, I just want to do whatever you want to do, I'm going to be here for you, whatever. That sounds like a cop out to these girls. So that's the reason we decided to start bringing men on board. The first time um, I met with this girl, she was hundred percent abortion minded. As I met with her, her heart started changing and she's like, I can't, I can do this. She got all excited and pumped up. Well, he comes in the room, I sat him down and I started talking. He looks at me like I'm his mother. Don't tell me what to do. Um, so they leave and he talks her into still having an abortion. And I was like, we are missing a piece of the puzzle here in the pregnancy resource center. So we chose to bring men on. So we're teaching them that they have a voice when they've been told they don't have a voice. Yeah. And for a guy to walk into a girl and say, you know what? We can do this. And the girl says, really? You think we can? And he's like, yeah, we can do it. I feel like I can do this that support to her. And we see their hearts changing continually from the guys speaking with them, giving them a voice to stand up and be men and say, we can do this. And so we've seen them choose life.
1: Yeah. Well, to say, to say that the the woman, you know, it's your body, your choice. Well, she, nobody's talking about the earlier choice that she made, which now involves three people.
0: Right. Mm -hmm. Well, I was going to say, when you meet with the guys and mentor them, you're teaching them Budgeting, you're teaching them what what it, what what does pregnancy look like for her, what she's going through. You're you're really mentoring him through life. Yeah, and so um, we're talking a lot about wonderful. calling,
1: what you were designed to do, your purpose in life. I, I've I've prayed with many of these guys to receive Christ. I typically don't do it right out of the gate. I want to, you know, God called us to make disciples. You know, and so. You know, they become a believer in the midst of what God's doing. Uh, just the other day, just uh, Thursday morning, a guy in tears. Um, you know, just we can't, we've been, we're watching John Bevere's series entitled Called. And it's a great series to take these guys through. But he's just in tears going, man, you know, I, I never thought my life meant more than just going down to the rock, rock quarry every night and working all night. And, and paying bills. I thought that's all life was. I said, no, man, God has a call for you at that rock quarry. And man, he's learning to pray, and it's an amazing thing. I love it. I love it. Another verse says in Proverbs, it says in Proverbs 24, verse, verse 11, rescue those who are being taken away to death. Hold back those who are stumbling to slaughter. If you say, this sounds a lot like what Loving Choices does every day. If you say, behold, we did not know this, or we ignore it, uh, does, does he who weighs the heart perceive it? Does not he who keeps watch over your soul know it? And will he not repay the man according to his work? It sounds like we have a great responsibility as a church and organization. It doesn't matter. We can't turn blind eyes to things and pretend we didn't see it when we did. You know, in our house, when we, when we um, had to correct one of our children, the one who saw it was the one who corrected it.
0: Meaning us, not the kids.
1: <laughs> yeah.
0: Meaning, you know, I, I, I wouldn't say you wait till your father gets home. If I saw the behavior, I corrected the behavior. And then if he saw the behavior, he didn't go, honey, they, they no, if you saw it, you, you bring correction.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Think about what Jesus said, Matthew eighteen fourteen. So it, so it is not the will of the father who is in heaven that one of these little ones should perish. And thank you, God. And then the last scripture in Jeremiah 22, verse 1 says, Thus says the Lord, go down to the house of the king of Judah and speak there this word. And say, hear the word of the Lord, O king of Judah, who sits on the throne of David, you and your servants and your people who enter these gates. Thus says the Lord, do justice and righteousness. Excuse me, deliver from the hand of the oppressor him who is being robbed and do not wrong or vi- do no wrong or violence to the resident alien, the fatherless, the widow, nor shed innocent blood. You know, the innocence in, in, in a child through this whole deal is, is the fact that they, they had nothing to do with anything that's going on. Uh, and we have the responsibility to love them, uh, to cherish them, to, to encourage them, and that's, that's our stance as, as Christians is that we, we want to fight for them. We, we want to pray for them because they're innocent in this deal. I loved what the lady did that, you know, that was raped, that she made the decision. She realized that this baby is innocent in all this, you know, two wrongs don't make a right. And man, what a powerful testimony that is. And there's many other testimonies out there, but I wanted to pray this morning. I wanted Dana to pray for our church family for a couple of things. One is that we would be more sensitive to the spirit of God in these situations than talking to people, you know, because understanding where they're at and where they're coming from is a part of being able to have compassion and know how to pray for people, how how to love on them. Um, But secondly, maybe you're here, and you've been dealing with this for a long time. I knew a girl in high school that would write a letter on the birth date of the baby that she aborted every birthday to her baby. And they deal with that. They deal with that post-abortion hurt, pain, or regret, you know, and and you deal with it. And, And Planned Parenthood doesn't tell you that. They don't tell you what you're gonna experience later on. And so I felt like there was some women in here that maybe you were still dealing with that. Maybe you had an abortion and and your heart has been convicting you. You know, It's been something that you've dealt with on a yearly basis and and you're ready to release it. You're ready to let it go. You're ready to allow God to heal that part of your life. Uh, And so I want to pray for that. The last thing that I want to pray for is I felt like maybe there's some, I'm hesitant to say this, I said it one time before, and, and uh, I said in, a, in another service, it was on Mother's Day, I think it was about three years ago. I said, I feel like, I feel like there's somebody here that you're believing to get pregnant. Now you're married, okay? <laughs> um, but, but you're believing to get pregnant and you haven't been able to. And, and so I said this and I said, and, and God is saying that this is your season he's going to work a miracle in your life. And do you know this lady came up to me and she said, I want you to know, um, I, th- I think it was a week later, it was a short time later, she found out she was praying. And uh, that's why I'm hesitant to say it. I just want to make sure that it's God. But that's you. I want, I want to pray for you. I want to pray for you. So... So I'm going to ask Dana to pray over the church, to pray over you, if that's you. I'm not going to call you out. and I don't want to raise hands and, and everything. And, and we don't want it to be an embarrassment. But we do want healing to come to your life. And so I'm going to ask everyone to bow heads. I'm going to ask Dana to pray over our church, pray over uh, you know, the ladies that may be dealing with that. And then I'm going to pray over mamas that are believing. Go ahead, Dana.
2: Father God, I just thank you on this day, on Mother's Day, Father God. Mother's Day is such an amazing day, Father God, where we get to think of our moms, God, and we get to think of the blessing they've been in our lives, Father God, but some people don't get to feel that. And I just thank you. I want to pray right now for the women who have maybe had an abortion or that have not been able to have children, God, I just ask that you would heal their hearts, God. There is no sin too big that wasn't covered at the cross, Father God. Right. And I thank you that this sin is also covered at the cross, God. But it's bigger than just asking for forgiveness, God. It's a step forward and getting healed, Father God. And I just thank you that they would have the boldness to step forward and to finally get healed, Father God. I know women that carry this for 30, 40 years. But God, I just thank you for a healing to come over right now. Anyone that has ever chosen that path, God, that you can use it and bring beauty from ashes, Father. I pray for our church to know where, Father. I thank you for a church that will stand up and say, Father God, the things that so many churches won't say, Father, that they will be the church that will rise up and will embrace these girls to give them a place of hope and a place, Father God, to feel accepted and loved no matter what the choices they've made in their lives. And God, I pray on Mother's Day for those women who are, who want to be moms, Father God, that it's their, their joy, Father God, is to see other people with babies and they want to feel that joy for themselves, God. Yeah, and I just yeah. thank you for opening up the wombs, Father God, and let people get pregnant that are crying out to you, Father God, and want to be mothers. I just thank you for a, thank you. a miracle in their lives, Father God. And I don't care what doctors have said. I don't care what's going on, Father God. I just thank you that you create life. And I just thank you for giving life to these women who yeah. who want it. Father God, I also pray for those who have, have chosen adoption. I thank you, Father yes. God. It's a beautiful, beautiful choice that people have made, God. Whether it's a birth mom or, or an adoptive mom, I just thank you, Father God, for the hearts of people that choose adoption as a route to, Father God. And I ask God. you to bless each and every one of us today in Jesus' name, amen. In Jesus' name.
1: Hey, with heads bowed, eyes closed, if you're here and you say, Phil, I'm, I'm ready to make Jesus Lord of my life. I've been coming. Either you have been with God and you need to come back to Him or, or it's the first time for you. It's time to come home. The Spirit of God is speaking to your heart, nudging you and saying, come on, it's time to come home. If that's you, I want you to raise your hand all around the room. that's you i want to pray for you it's time to come home come on be bold allow god to speak to your heart say that's me i'm ready to come home thank you jesus thank you jesus thank you jesus well father we thank you in this room for your presence we thank you god for what you're doing and loving choices God, we pray for Dana. We pray, Lord, that she would be led by the Spirit of God as she leads this organization. I thank you, Father, for giving her wisdom, insight, revelation, dreams, visions for where it can go and where she can take it. And Lord, I just thank you for opening doors. I thank you for greater influence. I thank you for greater wisdom. And, and greater curriculum. God, I thank you for the curriculum that you're birthing in us and in our hearts. But God, we're, we're asking for Holy Spirit empowerment to bring to young men and young women exactly what they need to live for you. God, we don't just want to save babies. We want to influence culture. And we thank you for influencing culture and saving babies. In Jesus' name, we thank you for it. In the mighty name of Jesus. Can you give Dana a big thank you? Thank you so much. We appreciate you.
0: Thanks for listening to this week's message. Be sure to subscribe to the podcast on iTunes and SoundCloud. Just search Vision Church. If you would like to help support this ministry, you can do so at visionnwa.com
2: forward slash give.